0: Derek, Derek, Derek... Diamond, Diamond, Diamond... diamond. Experience!
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Monday, September 22nd, 2014, and this is the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast... I am your host, Derek Diamond, and hopefully you all had a fantastic weekend, and that this podcast brings you some sort of entertainment on your Monday, or whenever you may be listening. The first thing I'd like to do is give a special shout-out and thank you to the Unicorn Wranglers, who I've had multiple times on this show, for giving me permission to use their song Twin Peaks as the new official theme song of this show, so every week now you will be hearing the Unicorn Wranglers begin and end the show, so... Special thank you to Adam and Ian Waldron and Brendan Karnick for letting me use the song. It's great. I'm excited for their upcoming album, uh, Murder Mystery Night, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be a really fun album to listen to. As far as the news, uh, I talked last week about the Ray Rice and Adrian Peterson incidents that have happened over the last couple of weeks. And there was an interesting update on the Ray Rice situation. Uh, This was originally aired on ESPN's program Outside the Lines, but apparently the Baltimore Ravens organization knew within hours of the incident with Ray Rice hitting his then-fiancee that it happened. And John Harbaugh, the Ravens coach, immediately wanted him released. But I believe it was the president general manager, and the owner all went to Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner's office, and lobbied for a lenient punishment, which originally was only two games. And to me, this shows that Goodell plays favorites and that he has no moral, uh, what's the right word I'm looking for, He has no real moral standing, I guess is what I'm trying to say, that he just he plays his favorites and I I'm for him resigning or being fired because he's clearly shown that he isn't capable of handling something like this. And I mean, I, I know the NFL is trying to take a bigger stance on domestic violence, but to blatantly show that you're trying to cover something up. Because to me, there's no way that Goodell didn't see that tape. And now Ray Rice is appealing his indefinite suspension, saying that the video was edited, which it was, but bottom line is you still hit a woman, and you hit a woman very hard. So it doesn't change anything in my mind. And as far as the Adrian Peterson thing goes, he has been put on a commissioner's exempt list meaning that he's suspended with pay and he's barred from all team activities and i know adrian peterson himself has had sponsors suspend their contracts with him due to this situation where he basically whipped his four-year-old son with a switch or a small tree branch if you don't know what a switch is and it was to the point where he had marks on his legs his uh, his butt, his hands from trying to defend himself, and it was just, it was bad. It was really bad. Like, I'm, I'm for punishing kids because they have to, kids have to learn that some things they do are wrong, but to do something like that is just, it's taking it way, way too far. Way too far. So, he's put on this exempt list, and... He thinks that he's going to get to play uh, sometime this season, which I, I don't think is going to happen. I actually think his career with the Vikings is over. I, I just think it's too big of a PR risk for them to put him back on the field after something like this. But I don't think he'll play for the rest of the season. I think that he'll he'll leave the Vikings and he'll he'll land somewhere. Where, I have no idea, but I do think we will see uh, both Adrian Peterson and Ray Rice in the NFL again. I just don't think it will be this season. But that's really about it as far as the uh, negative news goes, but some positive things. uh, If you're a 90s kid, you got some breaking news last Monday that a popular soda, which I was a huge fan of back in the day, is back and it's for those that may not have heard, uh, there was a popular soda back in the late '90s to early 2000s called Surge. It was basically Coca-Cola's answer to Mountain Dew, and I remember it having kind of a a mellow yellow taste to it, and it was really, really good. Uh, way too much sugar in it, obviously, and I believe I looked up the nutrition facts and. One can of Surge contains 20% of the daily amount of carbs you need. So that, that's kind of funny to, to look back on that. But um, I've ordered some. It's only available online through Amazon. And it was back ordered when I ordered it. Like it's actually not going to be in stock until the 27th. So I won't be getting it until early October. So I'll have my review of Surge uh, in a couple of weeks. But whenever I saw the logo Surge, and it, it's kind of funny how the, the soda was brought back because there's been a petition online, I think it's called the Surge Movement or something like that, where these two guys have been lobbying for Surge to come back since it was discontinued back in 2001. And it worked. And they're bringing Surge back uh, only... To sell online, I think it's just to test the market and see if people will buy it, and it sold out within hours of it being released, so it's obviously working. I, I hope it is back in stores eventually. I, I think it will be, but it's, it's pretty cool. It Whenever I saw the logo, I it brought me back to days of drinking Surge and playing Nintendo 64, PlayStation 2. And it's just—it was a fun time, and I'm looking forward to uh, to having it again. And as far as movie news goes, uh, back at Comic Con, this test footage for a Deadpool movie was released. This was back in July. Uh, Deadpool is a Marvel comics character who uh, wears a full body suit, full mask, uh, fights with guns. And he's, his nickname is the Merc with a Mouth, because he's always talking, and what's unique about him is he actually breaks the fourth wall, meaning that he acknowledges he's in a comic book and he actually talks to the audience. But Deadpool was actually featured in a movie. He was in the X-Men Origins uh, Wolverine movie, played by Ryan Reynolds, and the character was severely mishandled. People hated it, which that movie wasn't good anyway. But there's been a lot of demand online for a Deadpool movie with Ryan Reynolds. So people obviously went crazy when this uh, test footage was released. And it was announced last week that a Deadpool movie is going to happen. And it's going to star Ryan Reynolds. And I believe it's going to come out in February of 2016. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be another one of those lighthearted Uh, superhero movies, which there need to be more of, in my opinion, because the genre has been taking itself way too seriously lately. And that's why Guardians of the Galaxy was such a breath of fresh air in my mind. So I'm looking forward to seeing another fun, lighthearted comic movie. And I I think it's going to be, it's almost going to be kind of like satire because It's going to be mocking the industry, but it's different because Deadpool is a legit comic book character. And it's not like a parody movie that some other company has made. So I think it's going to be really, really fun. I'm excited about it. But that's about it as far as the news goes. And as far as things that are going on with me personally, this is my last full week of working with the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. So moving to the guest that I have on this week is Blue Wahoos Creative Service Manager, Adam Waldron. And that is the same Adam Waldron from the Unicorn Wranglers. And I actually met Adam through the Wahoos. And I remember the first time we worked together was at a uh, high school baseball tournament. It was kind of like introducing all the teams. And it was at the Blue Wahoo Stadium. And this was before he took over the job as Creative Service Manager he ran our high home camera in the press box I ran wireless, and our old boss uh, andrew Dempsky uh directed and It was really quick, but that was the first memory I have of actually uh meeting adam and since then we've gone on to you know we've worked really well together, and it's been a lot of fun uh working with him at the blue wahoo's and in closing, before we move on to the interview, I would just like to personally thank Adam for all that he's done for me. It's been, like I said, it's been a blast working with him, not just with the Wahoos, but his band as well. And again, uh, their song Twin Peaks is the new official theme song of the Derek Diamond Experience. And you can check them out on Twitter at U Wranglers. And you can find them on Facebook as well at the Unicorn Wranglers. And I believe they have a website called unicornwranglers.com. And if that's not the exact address, you can Google Unicorn Wranglers and it's the first thing that pops up. So thank you, Adam, very much for all that you've done. It's been awesome. It's been an awesome experience. And hopefully you guys have fun listening to these stories that you're about to hear. So sit back and enjoy this really fun conversation I had with Adam Waldron. And we are back on the Derek Diamond Experience with my special guest this week, now for the fourth time, but not as a member of the Unicorn Wranglers this time. He is here as the Creative Service Manager of the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, Mr. Adam Waldron. How you doing? I'm doing
0: pretty good, Derek. Thank you for having me back on for the fourth time.
1: Yeah, we're actually sitting here uh, at the stadium, just finished our lunch break, had some magnificent red velvet cheesecake.
0: That's that 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 that's been a long time coming. I mean, we've been eyeing the red velvet cheesecake for a solid six months now.
1: Oh, absolutely. Was it everything you hoped for and more?
0: Yes, it fit perfectly in with the... With, with the nice Greek salad, you know, I, I got to give a plug out to the shoreline. Mm-hmm. God, great great Greek salad. They do. And then you just throw the red velvet cheesecake right on top. Delicious.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's like five minutes from here. So it's oh, always yeah. been a, it's the perfect uh, perfect lunch spot for whenever we have a bunch going on here. And you only yeah. have a few minutes for lunch. So you just go there, grab your salad, come back, eat here. Oh yeah, it's slammed,
0: it's slammed, and
1: you just oh, yeah. hop on over there, grab a salad, get back. Oh, absolutely. So, I, w- I asked you back on the show because I wanted to uh, ask you some, some Wahoo memories, some Wahoo stories, because uh, when this airs, my my time here will be coming to an end, so.
0: I know, it's going to be a sad day, Derek. It's going to be a sad day. You're going to take uh, everything out of the room. I'm going to be left with just hooks and nails and hangers
1: i'll leave you crossfire thank you for that oh yeah (laughs)
0: leave me that thing
1: uh but yeah it's uh it's been a very fun ride but we'll we'll definitely get to that uh, here momentarily but uh first thing i wanted to ask you i know you grew up in tallahassee Mm -hmm. were you always a fan of film growing up like what were some of the things that you were into because i know you went to college for film Mm -hmm. is that something that You always enjoyed,
0: Um, you you know, there for a while, uh, especially growing up, I think, you know, getting getting to play play pretend out in the yard had a lot to do with everything. And and when we would play games and, you know, just make up stuff, it would typically be in some form related to movies and film. Uh, not saying that I ever wanted to oh make films, but I mean some of the, my favorite memories of back at home with my friends are are us doing things like going through. Uh, uh, everyone knows Star Wars Episode One came out what year, Derek?
1: Nineteen ninety nine.
0: Nineteen ninety nine. So I was uh, I was a l- nine years old, uh, and I remember uh, my one of my best friends getting the um, the script like the script in a commemorative book. You know, I think you you know how they used to I don't know. They might still do it where they where they come out with like a nice, like printed, bounded book. Mm -hmm. And uh, this had the whole entire script from uh, from uh, Star Wars Episode one. And we ran through it like we were going to make the movie. And I mean, the whole entire time it was we're going to make this movie. We're going to make the movie. We're going to (laughs) make the movie just exactly how it is. I had my older brother. He was doing backflips and cartwheels and everything like that. And uh, so, you know, you know, we, we definitely had some of that stuff. We actually did make a reenactment of Twister, uh, which is my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. We did make a uh, reenactment of Twister in which the water hose did... Uh, did portray the uh, all four or five tornadoes from the movie. Uh, so, you know, stuff like that. Independence Day was another big one. Yep. We ran through Independence Day. And I don't know if you remember this, Derek. And I can't remember from what restaurant you could get these at. And I think it was Taco Bell, but I can't really remember. But you got the floppy disk. The Independence Day floppy disk. And you stuck it in the computer and it had like some like, you know, like clips or from the movie or like a a dossier of the character or something like that. And I can't for the life of me, I can't remember what restaurant it had, but I was just home recently and I found all the old floppy disks. I was going through there. I was like, oh, yeah, ID4. Perfect. Yeah. I remember when this came out. Yeah. I don't remember so, those. Yeah, yeah that's know, pretty cool, look, though. Yeah, go look them up if you, if you ever have time. I cannot for the life of me remember what was on them, but I do remember getting them from a restaurant.
1: Yeah, fast food places used to do all kinds of cool movie tie-ins and everything. Oh, like yeah. I, I remember when the first Pokemon movie came out, mm-hmm. I think it was Burger King had these four giant gold cards that you could get. One had uh, Pikachu, another had yeah. Charizard. And I still have my Mewtwo one.
0: I I do have one also. I do not know what it is though, but I do remember. I remember having that. I don't yeah. remember which and one. It came it in the ball, was. and you yeah. could open it, and it'd, be, mm-hmm. it'd make for
1: a nice little display.
0: Well, funny enough, uh, another shameless plug for Taco Bell. Uh, I still have, and it's probably I have no idea if this is even a collector's item anymore. I still have the little Taco Bell dog. Mm -hmm. Where you squeeze it and it says "Happy New Year's, amigos," and it was from the year. It was from the millennium, from Mm -hmm. the year two thousand. That was like a limited edition. You got it, and I got a. Me and my brother both got one uh, from the Taco Bell in Gainesville, coming back from my grandparents' house. Nice. So
1: yeah, yeah, fun little thing. Whatever happened to that dog? I think it died. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, it died, and they kind of changed their, you know because that was a good marketing scheme mm-hmm. from back in the day. It's just what is one of those iconic commercials that you think of. Like if they ever do uh, like a top 25 or top 50 best commercials of all time, the Taco Bell dogs got to be up there. It's got to be. So you come to Pensacola to go to college at UWF. What made you decide to go into film?
0: <laughs> That's a great question Derek. <laughs> uh, I was actually um, in this kind of, Tails a little bit back on your last question as well. Uh, I, I enjoyed um, uh, history in, in mm-hmm. school, and uh, part, part of that has to do with I, I, had a, I have a learning disability, uh, which, which I have problems processing uh, information and basically putting it down on, on pad and paper. So all throughout school, I had, uh, instead of history classes and kind of your social sciences, I had, uh, you know, uh, uh, ESE class. And so I never got to have a history class. Well, my first history class I had was in uh, ninth grade. And I just, uh, you know, I loved it because it was, it, you know, it was something I, kn- I hadn't had all in my whole entire schooling. And it was it was really cool. So I started doing that. And, and uh, I actually went to the state history fair uh, in uh, my junior year or my sophomore year of high school, mm-hmm. and then I went again in my junior year, and then my senior year, I actually, uh, I took, uh, I actually was an assistant for my teachers, so I didn't even take in a history class. But I, I kind of, at that point, I was kind of known as the history guy. If you ever needed help on homework or anything like that, just go ask me, you know. And so I sat there and said, well, this is this is something I enjoy. I love doing so. I want to do that so i start my history classes i started at florida state my first year and uh, i did you know mythology uh intro to world history one and two and i got all those in there and i mean the, h- anybody in the the history world will tell you it's it's not easy i mean it's a lot of writing a lot of reading got to uwf kept pushing kept pushing i took a great class on the Old South, um, we we read one entire book. It was like 1,200 pages. That was the only book we read all year. And wow. then the next semester, I was like really deep into my major. And it, I had four history classes. And I think it was something like I had four books to read per class. And I was so burnt out of writing and reading that I just sat there and said, you know, I, I don't know if I can keep doing this for another semester. I looked at my credits, and uh, luckily I had a lot of communication club credits. Uh, and I decided, well, let me go see what I can transfer in because I didn't want to go backwards. I wanted to keep going forwards. And there was there was sitting telecommunications and film. I said I said, well, why not? I don't really know anything about this, but it sounds fun. You know, mm-hmm. I've always I always liked movies. I always thought it was interesting. And I uh, started the classes and just kind of got into it, picked it up pretty quickly. Uh, I still remember my first f- student film. I was really nervous, didn't really know what I was doing, but uh, learned a lot from from those, and that kind of set me down the path that I'm here right now. so And I still do have like half a degree in history that every so often I'm just sit there and say, "I could go, can I go back and finish up and. You know, 15 16, 15 16 hours
1: mm-hmm. uh, but i don't i don't know about that was there a specific type of history that you were interested in or was it just history in general uh,
0: i i very i very much enjoyed uh, american history world mm-hmm. history always i thought thought was really soggy and you know very you know you start with the monarchs and all that yeah. stuff it, it was very it wasn't very clean to me. Hi- American history came very clean to me, um, but uh, I really enjoyed Florida history because obviously that's that's where we live, you know, and it's got such a rich and diverse history, you know, as being, uh, you know, one of the, the, the first settlements and us actually being here in Pensacola being one of the first settlements right. in the New World and, um, you know, just kind of the, the cool... Uh, you know Spanish anything dealing with the Spanish typically has some type of, of flair to it yeah you know, yeah so
1: yeah that is true so did you get the job here uh, at the wahoos while you were still in college
0: yeah uh, I was uh, I was an intern actually that's that's how I got started here uh, the stadium was opening up the team was was moving downtown and uh, I went to my advisor I needed an internship. I had an option to either do an internship or radio production. And uh, my advisor strongly, strongly pushed me in the direction of internship. And to this day, I always tell everyone, if you have the opportunity to do an internship, take that opportunity. Because yeah. that's what's going to that's what's going really help you learn. And uh, so I, I sat down in her office. She brought out some paperwork and said, here you go. Here's your paperwork to apply to uh, W.A.R., the local TV station. And I was like, oh, oh OK. Oh, OK. That's <laughs> all right. I will flip. And so I was like, OK. okay. I, I wasn't very interested in television production. I thought it was fun, but I thought making movies was more fun. Right. You know, and so I was like, oh, I don't really want to do this. So. I had researched luckily I'd reached a search the night before and my brother said, well, who my brother actually was an, an, an intern for the Cincinnati Reds. And he, um, and he said, well, why don't you, you know, the, the, they're going to have that baseball team down downtown. Why don't you intern there? And, um, and so I brought it up. I was like, well, uh, you know, do you, did you hear anything of, is maybe the baseball team downtown looking for any interns? And she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, I've got something right here. And it was a internship for radio production, okay? So it was an internship for media relations with uh, Tommy Thrall. And uh, at the time, I was like, okay, uh, so I had to call him, and I was really nervous, and so I called, and the receptionist uh, forwarded me to... Uh, to Tommy and which actually ended up being Tommy was out of the office and the the creative service manager Andrew Dimsky picked up the phone and I, I told him I was like you know hi my name is Adam from UWF I, I'm looking for an internship I saw that you guys had a a internship and he was like yeah what, what are you interested in And I was like well I was looking at the media relations one and um you know wonder if that's available he's like yeah yeah that's that one's still available and he was like can you tell me a little bit about yourself i was like yeah i, I do telecommunications and film um mm-hmm. i'm kind of more of a film student than than public relations but i'm just looking for for something that i can get credit in and that could help me just kind of learn and right. he said well actually i'm looking for interns in the production department and i was like oh that's even better that's more up my alley and so i came in and i i did my interview and at the time, uh, I had a little bit longer hair. <laughs> I think that came up on my exit uh, after I left the building. I, I'm, I'm sure uh, that came up in some capacity. Uh, but I got in there, did my interviews, and got hired on as an intern to help Mr. Dimsky. And uh, I remember before the stadium was even built, working in his office uh, on a little rickety uh, filing cabinet. And that he just set up a laptop on. And it was, I think it was me, Andrew and Tommy and one other, uh, one other uh, trainee in there. And it was four of us in this little tiny office. And I, I probably did work there probably four or five, four or five days before the stadium opened. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we started coming down here.
1: That's awesome. What was the first season like?
0: Uh, you know, the first season was kind of like a blur to me. I, there was so much going on. I, I didn't work uh, I worked I worked games, but I majority the majority of the time I worked uh, during the day because that's I mean as you know, a vast majority of the work done it gets done before the game. Yes. And uh, so that's really I don't I don't really remember the the season like I do now, but uh, I do remember certain things from you know uh, making the intern challenge series. Making uh, my first uh, my first graphic. I remember the first time seeing something that I made on the video board and being very very excited and saying how how cool is this? Yeah. You know, I I I made this and it's sitting up there on a giant TV for five thousand people to see. You know, and I remember distinctly remember that feeling, and uh, so yeah, the first season was there was a lot of there was a lot of things happening. It was so so vibrant and. Uh, you know, we had so many great storylines, too. I mean, just from the park being here yeah, all the way to, I mean, we had a no hitter. We had Billy Hamilton come and steal more bases than anyone has ever stolen, you know. And so you, we had these cool storylines, and, and they were cool, but they're hectic, you know. Yeah. So you had all that kind of sense of of, of really feeling it out because, you know, we're, we're sitting in a new stadium. You know, things, things aren't always going to work hundred percent when they're brand new and uh so definitely it, it was a, it was a learning it was a great learning experience and i was i was very happy that at the end of my internship in eight, uh august uh andrew asked me to continue on as a game day staff member for the last like it was literally like the last two weeks of the season mm-hmm. but i was so happy because you know it was so cool because I'm, I'm done with school i graduated and here i have got an opportunity to at least do a little work so
1: yeah are there any specific, like, funny moments you can remember from the first season? Because I know that uh, I was talking with Josh last week, and he mentioned the the Pirate Night.
0: Pi- pirate Night was a great night. Pirate Night happened twice. <laughs> Both nights, Pirate Night got rained out. It was something about Pirate Night, and it just storming. And, I mean, Darius, not even like a little, it stormed. I mean, trying to get the tarp on the field. I actually helped. I actually had to help get the tarp on the field during the second during the second um, uh, pirate night because they they needed help getting the thing on the field because it's so windy, and um, and I was a fan that game and mm. I had worked really hard. We had do, we started doing this uh, this this kind of collaborative work with uh, the Mobile Bay Bears where they I don't know why but they they brought over one of their mascots, Baby Bear. And they like let us do things to Baby Bear, like uh, kidnap Baby Bear and, and and send Baby Bear off in a little boat. And you can actually find all these videos on YouTube. But we did all these like kind of like you know trying to create a rivalry between the two teams. Yeah. And um, one of them was we were going to do a special game uh, where we ask a we ask the contestants three questions, and depending on if they got the answer right. Baby Bear would walk out on the plank a little bit farther. Mm -hmm. And if you got all three questions right, then the plank would, like, launch Baby Bear into the water. And I I'd spent all day working on the animation. And I was still very green in After Effects and and stuff like that. But I I had worked really hard, green screened the footage with the mascot and all that. And this was the big game and the big moment. And it was going to be, you know, it, it was actually right before the rain delay and i'm sitting down there just as a fan you know with my fiance and then downtown dave is up there and he just starts telling pirate jokes and i'm sitting there and i keep saying hey why is he just telling pirate jokes isn't this supposed to be isn't this supposed to be like like the the thing and i you know i'm just kind of looking around so i was like, well, whatever, I guess so. So Dave was up there telling pirate jokes for, for 90 seconds. So I go up and see Dembski a little bit later on. And Dembski's like, I have no idea what Dave was doing in that for that part. And, uh, what actually ended up happening was the rain delay started and, um uh, the rain delay started and I actually got to go be the contestant for the questions and, uh, uh, Mr. Joey Trincalli is actually walking in the room right now with the subway.
1: Yeah, Joey, you can sit here. It's all good.
0: Yeah, just interrupt my story, Joey. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> well, that,
1: that's the cool thing uh, about yeah. Dave, though, is you never know what you're going to expect from him. Because he just wings it with everything. Like, even when we're doing our production meeting and we mentioned that we're doing the vision challenge, he doesn't want to know what it is because he wants to guess it just like everybody else.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, Dave's got that that ability to to kind of take over a crowd and take over a situation and, and really make it entertaining and that's why he, he's a very valuable asset him him Mav and, and even even jimmy you know they just have this ability to kind of connect with the crowd and uh and and make it very very entertaining
1: yeah yeah the mcs are fantastic so going into the second year uh demsky leaves and then you end up having to take over what was your reaction to that?
0: Uh, frightened, scared, uh, <laughs> nervous, confused. Uh, probably cried once or twice. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was one of those things where it, it kind of caught me off guard. Uh, but, you know, it, it's it's an opportunity. And, you know, you, you just kind of got to take advantage of, of opportunities as they come by. And and I sat there and said, all right, well, I'm going to do this, you know, because uh, it, it I could have very easily just kind of pieced out, you know, and, yeah. and just said, no, I don't, I don't want to do this. Um, but you know, Bruce and John sat me down and Bruce told me what he expected from me. And, and I, I, I took that for granted and I, I said, okay, this is what Bruce wants me to do. This is what he expects from me. Let me see what, you know, let me see what I can do. And, 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 um, so we kind of started doing that, and with the help of uh, Alex, who was also training at the time, yeah. me and her. She took care of all the on-field activities, uh, promotions type of stuff, and I took care of all the the production work, you know, and all that. And and you know, we we, we did a really good job splitting the the kind of the job duties in half and kind of digesting it and working it through. And the first games definitely were a little rough. I definitely took a little bit to get going, and then. Uh, after that, it got a little bit easier, a little bit easier. Then you kind of started to pick it up and everything. And and there's still stuff, you know, that, that I, I still have to learn and everything like that. But that's that's kind of the natural progression of...
1: of well, really, you should always be learning. Yeah,
0: really fit into a role. So
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then I remember a fateful day in late April when you asked this nervous kid who struggled with social anxiety to help you out with the Sandy Sanson commercial. Oh,
0: I don't think he was that
1: nervous. Uh, I still get that way to this day, but I, we're getting better. And
0: I'm going to be honest, Eric. I only did it because you had a camera.
1: Oh, I know. <laughs> I assume that you overheard me telling someone I have my own camera, and then you just randomly text me like, hey, do you want no, to go to a Sandy No, I think I
0: asked you straight up, did you have your own camera?
1: Oh, okay. Because I
0: was searching for someone who did because we use Dempsey's camera for, for a majority of the thing. Right. And, uh, yeah. And I mean, you might've been telling Craig or somebody that you had your own camera and I just kind of piped in and said, huh, you do.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Well, I remember you texted me and asked if I could do a, a Sandy Sansing shoot. Yeah. And I, it may have been the ones later on, but I want to say for the first one, I just shot the footage, came back here, exported it, and then left, and you might have put it together. But I know I was putting those together by the time it was yeah. like June and July and August. You know, all
0: that's kind of blurry. Yeah. Um, it, it was something along the lines of that, that when when we started, you, yeah, I, I think I edited the first, or no, we split them.
1: We might have. I think
0: I think what I did was I, I opened up a, a the one that me and Dembski did, because I edited all those. And, yeah, because um,
1: you had to show me what exactly Yeah, to do.
0: and I, I think we both took like two because, you know, it, it was a, a pretty good uh, – we had to go to different dealerships and everything. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's definitely what happened, and that's kind of how it, how, how it got started.
1: Yeah, which technically I wasn't an intern, but I felt like in a way I was <laughs> because then I started coming in, and I remember doing the chain reaction video – uh, yeah all the intern challenges
0: yeah the intern challenges were fun yeah all that stuff all I,
1: other kind of video stuff you know so it, in a way it was kind of an unofficial internship i think
0: oh yeah yeah i i think yeah cuz you guys were all game day stuff at the time and mm-hmm. and and you know having you guys come in and 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 working and and doing some of that stuff definitely definitely helped i know it helped me out you know kind yeah of, kind of getting all that stuff together. So,
1: yeah. Want not you were into a new role and, you know, getting all the help you can get mm. obviously is is a plus. Like this was one of the easier shoots we did, but I just remember how popular it was when we did the the blurred lines parody for Kazoo,
0: that I actually had nothing to do with because I was freaking out about something. And I remember a lot of those things though. I that that year I I didn't I I like just said guys go do this this is what I wanted to look like go do it, and that was one that I know that you guys set up out here in the press box, and I was working on some other project and entirely yeah. it was probably a rally fish or a uh, something along the lines of that and you guys shot it and edited it and and got it all together because
1: I just remember that video and that song being so popular oh, around it was that time huge. yeah and then well you remember it was Mike Costanzo's song. Yeah, he used it as his walk-up yeah, song. Yeah, he used by it as the his walk-up song. End, and by the end of the season, people were clapping to it when he yeah. came up, and it, and it was fantastic. Oh yeah, and
0: he was and he was raking during the time that he yeah. he, he was using it, and that was a very exciting time because that was like in July, early August, mm-hmm. right then when the team kind of was was making a run of it and, and everything. It was just a it was a fun time. You kind of felt a little bit of a buzz, you know.
1: Yeah. You mentioned the rally fish. I've got to ask how that got started.
0: Oh, the rally fish. Uh, the rally fish, funny enough, was an idea. We were losing a lot of games, um, which like I said, you know, it it, it, it happens. Yep. It's minor league baseball, you know, uh, players got to develop and that's, that's kind of the most important thing. And, and, um and so we were we were coming up with well what what are something that we can do in the ninth inning that would be kind of exciting you know something that would would kind of uh, spark people's uh, interest in all this stuff and obviously the most famous rally animal of all time is the rally monkey out in uh, L.A. Uh, with the Angels yeah with the Angels or Anaheim or wherever they are and um, and so we, we we were sitting there and saying well what if we take a fish the original idea was to have, like, the McDonald's filet of fish like a fish yep. on a plaque, and, like, talk and say, you know, rally fish or whatever and all yeah. that stuff. And um, that was the original idea with the help of, of Kevin Burke, the uh, radio trainee at the time. And uh, we we then we, we watched a SpongeBob episode. I don't know why. I think it was just on the TV. Yeah. And I saw the fish, like the tuna or whatever it is, come out and says, blub like a fish. Yeah. And I said, that's what we have to do. <laughs> That's what we have to do. And so I tax—I I I just searched, you know, for a taxidermy blue wall. Who found one, cut it out, changed the color scheme on it, changed the picture, changed what the thing looked like, and uh, there it was—a the rally fish. And the first night we debuted it, uh, we actually. It actually worked, and we came back in the ninth inning, and it was a pretty magical moment. The,
1: the Titans one was the first one, yeah, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It was the Clash of the Titans, you know, release the rally fish is what we did. And I remember them coming back in the game and – Than just hearing the door open from the radio booth and Kevin Burke running out (laughs) and I opening the door and running out and we just jump up, give a high five, and then just run back to our booths because it actually worked. You know, like what was what was the chance? I completely forgot that it worked
1: the first time. Yeah, the the
0: first night it worked and that like kind of cemented it in in uh, as a thing that hey we should probably try to make more, and that led obviously to. To all the different rally fishes that we made,
1: yeah, probably the most popular one here is the the Lion King one, and I remember. Oh,
0: you mean the lion, the lion one? Yes, the
1: the not the not Disney lion one. Yeah, the lion one. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, the lion one. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I I specifically remember I was running wireless that night, Mm. and I wish that you had been out in the crowd when that thing debuted cuz the crowd went nuts.
0: Yeah, that one I had spent we had the idea, we got the idea before the game and um and I sat there and said, "Well, maybe I can do it in time." And I spent all game, you know, between actually doing my my job, what I had to do, make sure everything was going smooth, and editing it and and doing everything. I got it done in, in the seventh inning. And I remember I rendered it. I rendered it in the wrong format. Oh no. And I sat there and said, there's no way that this thing's going to get rendered in time. It's a 45 second video. Uh, you know, it, it's got, I mean, clipping masks and overlays and all this stuff. It, it It's going to take forever. And I remember what happened was it was like the eighth inning. And I said, there's no shot. And I, I just started the rendering. It was going to take like 16, 17 minutes. And we were in the bottom of or we we're in the yeah, we we're like right at the bottom of the eighth. And I was like, oh, God, are we going to have time? We're going to have time to do this. Are we going to have time to do this? And it got to the uh, the ninth, uh, top of the ninth. We were losing. And I remember I, was, I felt bad because I was kind of like rooting against us at that point in time because <laughs> I was like, no, we can't get we can't get three easy outs. We just got to just keep it. Keep it going, and uh, I think we, we walked runners on first and second, and that gave it just enough time to get get done. We got done with it, loaded it up into uh, the switcher, uh, got the music into sound director. The guy hits a double play in the end of the inning, and we rolled it. And it was a very, like, last minute, oh, is this going to work? Are we going to have time? And, yeah, so –
1: I mean, it, it went over great. Yeah, as, as, I still think it's the most popular one.
0: Yeah, that that's probably if I ever had to say my most memorable moment uh, here, that that definitely is
1: is yeah. it. Yeah, what, uh, what what are your some of your personal favorite rally fish videos? Um,
0: uh, the that one obviously is, is my favorite. Uh, doing the, the the James Bond one, yeah. we did kind of like a James Bond intro title sequence. Yeah, I, I mean, I love all of the 007 films so that that was a really fun one for me i like playing that one uh batman was another good one just a yep, classic one i like one. batman the little bat signal flips on it's the fish and um, uh, you, you know there's just oh there's so many good ones i actually like the ghostbuster one fans didn't like the ghostbuster one but i i really did enjoy the ghostbuster one yeah so, yeah, uh, there there's some good ones. And then, obviously, I had to pass the reins off to you. <laughs> I knew you only got one in this year, but I will. I it must was a say, good one though. I must say you you're the only other person ever to make one of those. So take solace in the fact that, that i l- I gave you the I gave you the secret recipe, you know, you did. But that, that was definitely a pretty good, the Power Rangers
1: rally fish. I think that and being the voice of the rally fish will be my legacy. And here.
0: that is what I was going to bring up. A lot of people don't know this, but Mr. Derek Diamond is the voice of the rally fish. If you come to a game and we are rallying and you see uh, the fish swimming in a kelp forest, then pop up and go rally fish. That is the voice of Derek Diamond from the Derek Diamond experience.
1: That That's probably going to be my legacy uh, at, at this it's place be. yeah it's gotta for be sure so the 2013 season ends 2014 season is here you get the full-time job uh you decide by some crazy notion to bring me on to be your trainee slash lackey as for I like your camera call for the for the camera <laughs> and monitor and creative cloud and, and anything else
0: yeah a lot of other equipment a lot of other whiteboard
1: things. yeah i did bring the small whiteboard the Yeah.
0: whiteboard uh just a lot of different uh, different things
1: yeah and to say that we've spent a lot of time together since january <laughs> would probably be an understatement
0: yeah i think i've spent more time with you derek than i have with my fiance. yeah that is w- very safe to say yeah
1: i would say so between the the games uh i remember Building up to the Reds game, we stayed here one night till like eight or nine o'clock at night. Yeah, that was a long night because that was before I actually moved to Pensacola. So yeah, that I,
0: I know that, that I really was feeling bad. And remember, I did that event for you.
1: Uh, that kazoo the kazoo appearance, appearance yeah, because I had yeah. to be at a school at like seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and you,
0: and you it was uh, yeah, over on Cervantes. You had to be there at at seven, like seven fifty in the morning. I knew you would have to get up at like five o'clock in the morning,
1: something like that. Yeah, to
0: get to get there. And I just, yeah, I did. I did that one. See,
1: I was nice. I was. What's up? <laughs> I can edit this out. Okay. I have to go downstairs. Oh, oh no, Joey. You Guys weren't waiting
0: for me when I got back. <laughs>
1: Joey. Sorry, Joey.
0: We didn't think you were gonna be back that quickly. I said,
1: you said, then we said, and I was here. <laughs> this is kind of uh, come full circle because he interrupted our interview, uh-huh. and now you're interrupting ours. Now, if only Adam and I could interrupt yours with Mike. Then yeah, there we go. Okay, <laughs> when's <laughs> that one. Oh, uh, haven't scheduled it yet, but yeah, uh, we'll I'll make sure to let you guys know so you can interrupt.
0: Yeah, that would be helpful
1: i i'm sorry joey technically i've been kind of off since like 12 <laughs> so like, bye joey bye joey we'll miss you but yeah that was nice of you to do that yeah but before we move farther into 2014 there was something else i wanted to ask about 2013 you said you had some stories you wanted to tell to being at my expense by getting hit, <laughs> by, getting hit by a baseball. The twice. Derek
0: Diamond Rule, uh, the rule in the Pensacola Blue Wahoos production department, that no camera operator can stand within the cone of danger behind the catcher during first ceremonial first pitches, and this is a rule because Derek out of the the goodness of his heart was trying to get a really great shot of a, of a, I think the first it, pitch Yeah, it was the first pitch was it a guy or was it a, it was an kid? older guy. It was an older guy. And uh, he had this really great low angle shot, you know, like right over the catcher's shoulder. But he was probably about 10, 15 feet behind the catcher. And the ball goes way wide to the left. And the catcher actually misses it. Like, like literally you see the ball go right under the glove. And, it bounces once on the ground and then you just see the camera just kind of shake as the ball hits Derek square in the chest. Square in the chest. Like not even not even a little bit, not even clipped him, just right dead in the chest. And you just see the camera shake, yeah. go towards the ground and then pick back up. But you survived that one, and then the one in the dugout where it bounced off the wall. And I actually have a video of this, Yep. of it bouncing off the wall, then striking you on your neck, the side of the neck, yeah, right below your, ch- right like like right below the jaw. Yep, and uh, actually leaving lace marks, which I'm sure the chicks digged.
1: I should have went to the bars that night. <laughs> yeah, I should have. Yeah, I've been
0: like, yeah, I took a took a 98 mile per hour <laughs> fastball in the neck. I'm perfectly fine.
1: The thing I remember about the the first pitch incident was after I got hit, Brooke screaming on headset, oh, my God, Derek, are you okay? And then you getting on Fundin's headset saying, <laughs> rub some dirt on it, get up and get ready for starting lineups.
0: <laughs> I'm uh, not going to say – Which I, I, I s- did. I'm not going to say – confirm nor deny any of that stuff i'm just going to evoke we'll, the fifth amendment we'll,
1: we'll say you you allegedly <laughs> yeah. said that yes with, please with, with no uh with no proof <laughs> so back to uh to 2014 this past season uh, what was different about it compared to you know now you know you're going to be the guy in the press box as compared to kind of having it thrown on you with you having like a full off season to prepare.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I it, it definitely was tougher. I think it was tougher than just being thrown right in. Because uh being thrown right in, everything's kind of set up for you, you know. You you don't have to go through there's a lot I didn't know I had to do during the off season. A lot of learning uh took place and, you know, and that's moving into this off season has created a, a lot of uh, you know, positives so far in this off season is because I learned from my first off season, what to do and what not to do, you know, mm-hmm. and how projects, you know, you know, how to manage the projects and stuff like that. And, and obviously it is, uh, I am a little lonely up here all by myself, even though I do love, I do love being on the third floor. It is a little lonely up here. Um, so just kind of being prepared for that type of stuff, uh, being, being prepared for, for the projects, getting your work done. Um, and, and kind of having an idea of what, we need to do in order to get ready for a season. Cause I'd never fully prepped. I'd helped Dembski mm-hmm. uh, kind of get ready and, and everything like that. And he taught me a lot to, to that I needed to get ready. But then, you know, uh, I kind of knew that stuff. I didn't know, Oh, what do I have to do with all this new stuff? And, and, it, you know, definitely learning curve. But once again, you know, I've, I was coached up, trained up. Um, and, uh, that, that definitely helped me kind of, grasping and, and I'm looking definitely learn from from some things that we did this year uh, to get better for next year
1: mm-hmm. yeah I, I remember starting there was a lot more to do than than even I had realized like because I didn't yeah. even think about that we make all the print media as well yeah. like the ticket book the group print brochures. media
0: hops up like it is it is so sneaky it it's you know you you sit there and think oh it takes a while to edit a video well, try brochure with yeah. information from you know three or four different departments. You know that that takes that takes some time to re- and it takes some serious concentration to make sure you get everything right and you yeah. know you get all the information on there. You know doing those designs, then I mean rendering them typically. You know getting them in a format in which the printer enjoys. I mean we all know yep. how hard that is. And that's all I'm saying on it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What was it like? Because you knew me coming in because you knew me from the previous season. And then Max was the intern. <laughs> and then Alexis, you run Alexis as the uh, other trainee who was more of the graphic designer. Which I remember when we interviewed her and I saw her poster with all the players from the Bobcats. And I'm like, if it was up to me, she'd be hired. Yeah. Without even asking anything. She
0: was a really good graphic designer. And- yeah. I think we had, we we had at that point in time, we hadn't had any, inter, any any interest at all in any graphic design, and I was actually thinking about maybe just hiring another, uh, trainee for production, and um, then just sitting there and saying, you know, and then Alexis just calling out of the blue and coming in, and she had stuff. I mean, she had. I mean, and she worked and with a professional sports
1: and, team already,
0: so it was just great. It was great stuff, yeah. and so we just, um, you know, I think that was kind of a no-brainer. You know, we, we, yeah. had to, we and it, it was good that we had a graphic designer. Uh, once again, another learning moment where, where it's that that is definitely something that you need. You know, because there's so much uh, large-scale stuff, small stuff, just little mm-hmm. things that. That graphic designers love to do that, video guys, and or stuff like, like that uh, is Whatever. Just whatever,
1: you know. So. It's not 1920 by 1080, so. Yeah, it's not no.
0: 1920
1: by 1080. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we. I was talking with her after the, the last game. I thought the three of us actually worked together really well, because she could do things that we couldn't much better, and then vice versa. So I thought the three of us actually made a quite the formidable team.
0: Yes. Yes, we did. Uh, it, it, I think we all knew our roles mm-hmm. um, and kind of doing what we needed to get done. And and with anything, there's so many games, it's repetition, doing it over and over and over again. And you really fill into those roles and um, kind of, yeah, yeah. It it, it it got to the point where we were. It was more of of a team. You know, we started off very well. We got l You know, and, and that's how it always starts off. You got to teach. You know, yeah. what What's well, how does this work? What do we need to do for this? What's the sizing for this? This, 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 this. And then you get to a point where it's okay. You're you're to that level, where, you know, you you can go out and do these things. And and I always say, you know, taking the initiative to get, if you can get a project done, get it done. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it it moves definitely from. Hey, what do you think I should do for this project too? Okay, I've got this on my plate. Boom, boom. Yeah. Send it off. Looks great. Awesome. You know, it's it's you know it really becomes a little hands off. It gets to the you know it gets to point where you know I I trust you guys to to make good quality work and that you guys are right there and are ready to go do it out on your
1: own and can do it you know and and make good products. Yeah. Absolutely. What uh, What are some of the highlights from this past season? Like, They can be funny stories or just something that you felt really accomplished doing? This season, uh, definitely there was a lot with the Reds
0: game, getting ready for the Reds game. And it's unfortunate that it never really materialized in an actual nine-inning game. But still coming down here, getting all that stuff ready, getting uh, the, the, the commemorative tickets and all mm-hmm. that type of stuff you know all that hard work put into that Reds game you know that was something that that I think as an organization I was going to be very proud of and I am very proud of of what we did for it and yeah. it's just unfortunate that the weather didn't cooperate that one day and um but yeah so so definitely the, the Reds game I mean it, it was 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 really
1: one of those things um you know it, one of uh one of my personal favorite stories was when we had the uh I think it was the sergeant come home to surprise his family and yeah. we did the vision challenge mm-hmm. with him and then the kids turned around and he's standing there and I that little things like that to me make the job worth it. Oh, Ma- yeah. It makes it great that World. we were able to make a family that happy.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and it really was great, you know, And and really, you know, something like that. You see them all the time and and all that, but to really be in the crowd and be in the stadium when something like that happens is really memorable. And I think it, once again, it creates that experience where where you know it it's just it's it's a feel good experience.
1: Yeah, it it really was. And then we had uh, what I like to call Black Sunday. When, oh, Black uh, Sunday individually
0: yep. wrapped sheets. Yep, that, that was, was
1: prob- that was one of my low lights. Of the season was
0: Black Sunday was at the end of was the Sunday game at the end of a ten game home stand we yep. were all very tired and we had just everything through just it. went yeah, wrong yeah, everything went wrong stuff,
1: stuff broke stuff
0: was crashing scripts weren't updating
1: it was just it a was bad just day. a bad day yeah but
0: I mean you're gonna get those days and and it's how you bounce back
1: from those days yeah
0: you know you can't have a good day every day so.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it was just cool, like for me personally going from because we were talking about this earlier at lunch. I went to one game the first season as a fan. Then I went from that to game day staff just running camera and then that ill fated crossfire day, um, (laughs) which is another thing I forgot to mention. Um, And then this year getting to do a lot of behind the scenes stuff, you know, it's it's been fun.
0: Yeah, it really has been. I mean, I, I, I thinking of Black Friday, but then I'm thinking of like the, also like the the last game of the year, where you finally chased down that rabbit, Derek. He had a. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell everyone. I'll lighten everyone. I'll go ahead and enlighten everyone that that all year long we had 70 games, and Derek really, really took took charge in writing the script and getting everything in there. And, uh, you know, we are we were hunting for that perfect script, no errors in there. And, uh, you know, there's always like one little thing like, oh, we forgot to change, you know, the team name in the, in the first read where, you know, we catch yeah. it, but it's not, it's not perfect right off the bat for yeah. the PA reader to, to read it.
1: And the last game of the year, <laughs> I finally did. Finally it. did it. It was a
0: perfect script and we didn't have to make a single yep. change all night and it was glorious.
1: Only took seventy games, but only took
0: seventy games. But hey, and hey, the, the zero, that
1: th- yeah, in the in the zero hour, you're able to get it done. So that is that is very very true. But uh, do you have any hopes for anything you'd like to do for next season that you have churning in that head of yours? Uh, next season, uh,
0: obviously, you know, I'm, right now I'm kind of decompressing and kind of digesting what happened this last season. Uh, next season, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be another fun and, ex- uh, and an exciting experience. And, uh, you know, I never quite some of the best ideas just they kind randomly, of just happen. Yeah, they just happen. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, you know, we got a few things planned for, for next season, hopefully some fun theme nights and some some different contests and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see. You'll have to come out to a game to to kind of find out.
1: I'm gonna make this my official pitch to have a Nicktoons night. Nicktoons night, okay, I can do that. I I will I will bite on that. You want some surge with it? Oh, surge is back. I can do that. I yeah. Do yeah. <laughs> you do like a double dare knockoff. There's That'd actually I think
0: a team that did Double Dare night or did yeah. something like that. Yeah. And it was really cool. And, well, we even us last year, we had at one point in time we did Legends of Kazoo's Hidden Temple. That was a fun oh, that little thing so that we did fun. like I think we did it 3 times pre-game. It was fun for us. Oh, kids that was so do. hectic to shoot cuz oh, I had to so chase those
1: contestants down, but it was fun. But what what were some of your favorite theme nights we did from this past year?
0: Uh, Lego night, definitely. Lego night was one of those really fun nights. Uh, we had the guy through, created a Lego baseball, mm-hmm. through, and that was that was his first pitch ball. And um, we did Anchorman night, which we had the anchors from WAR, WSRE, uh, the, the the Fox station over in Mobile, mm-hmm. uh, ESPN Radio, I think. They made that something. night fantastic. Oh, yeah. It was cool to actually have some like legitimate anchors participating yeah. in all these games. Yeah. Um, And, uh, yeah, so, so, you know, you had those um, – man, I'm – oh, Daddy-Daughter Date Night was actually a a fun one. That was a really successful one, yeah. It was like Princess Night where where we got – we had princesses in the ballpark. We had, you know, all these little girls came out in their princess costumes and – you know, it was just a, one of those really fun nights. We had fun competitions. We had they, we had them chase a prince. We had one of our uh, one of our flight squad members dress up like a prince and chase mm-hmm. chase him across the uh, across the field for the roach run and everything. So, you know, that that was another really fun fun
1: theme night. Yeah, one of my personal favorites. I loved all of those, but I thought WWE night was underrated.
0: WWE the... night. I forgot about that one actually. Yeah, that was another great one. I know that you know having the Uso brothers they were, they were so fun yeah
1: you could tell you know? they had a blast being yeah, here and they were so fun. they worked the crowd great
0: yeah it, it, that was that was and i i know it rained a little bit before and um, you know so but luckily it cleared up and and i think we had a pretty pretty awesome night we did headshots styled to that with the Hulk Hogan and, yeah, and the and, Usos and all yeah that, so
1: yeah it was uh i mean i'm kind of biased cuz i'm a wrestling fan but it was it was still fun, like to see the guests or whatever you want to call them, be legitimately happy that they're there,, yeah. that they work the crowd, they get the crowd into it. And it's, it was just great. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of fun doing it. I had fun downloading uh, like the old clips and the music, because it was one of those things where when, when John said, "Oh, let's just have a WWE night." And one of my jobs was kind of to find funny crossfire videos or theme music. You know, since I've I've watched it since the late nineties, oh, yeah. so I, I knew instantly what to get. So it was it was just fun.
0: I yeah, I think that was a great night. That that one definitely like I said the fans got into it and everything and, and I it was just one of those fun nights.
1: Yeah. And it to me it seemed like from season two to season three, the staff that we had was a lot better. Now I can't speak much for season two because I was on the field a lot running camera, but being up in the press box, like I, I thought, I think we have a very, very good staff that's mm-hmm. honestly kind of underrated in the greater scheme of things.
0: Yeah. They, you know, I got to give it to my staff. i our departments only as strong as our staff that we put out there. And, uh, you know, I got to give it to every single one of them. Uh, they're just, they're, they're professional. They, they, they legitimately care about our product, care about what we're doing. And a lot of them, this is just a, little part-time job that they just do and they have full-time jobs and they just do it because they, it's fun and it's, it's an exciting, you know, environment and everything like that, that this isn't even their job. You know, they're, they've got a full-time job that they're doing and they're coming here and spending six X four to six extra hours out mm-hmm. here with us uh, and, and everything like that. So I got to give it to them because their dedication and everything is really what, what makes uh, you know, what makes it happen, you know, because without them, we, we can't, we all can't run all the equipment. You know? Yeah. We, we definitely need them and they worked really hard and they're, they're really hard. We had the, we had the best crew, uh, this past year out of, out of all the crews. This, this was by far the best crew. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I would totally agree with that. But, uh, I guess in closing, cause we've actually been going for about an hour. Oh which, yeah. It's time to get back to work, right? Yeah. So in closing, I just want to say, Thank you for the opportunity. It's been a lot of fun. Derek, if it wasn't for you and it wasn't for uh,
0: Alexis and all that, this year probably would have been a whole lot different. And, you know, thank you guys for all the, the hard work that you put in and, and everything. And I think we still got some fun times up ahead. So,
1: yep. All right. Thanks, Adam. Thank you, Derek. And that'll do it for this week's episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. Thank you once again to Adam Waldron for coming on and telling those really funny stories. And next week, I will be welcoming WEAR Channel 3 weatherman and fellow podcaster Christian Garman to the show, so you'll definitely want to tune in for that. And don't forget, you can follow the show on Twitter at DDiamondEXP, like us on Facebook at The Derek Diamond Experience, And you can follow me personally on Twitter at Derek underscore Diamond. And that'll do it. See you guys next week on Monday, September 29th.